Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the NTT20 betting show, the first of 2020 as we move into NTT20 2020. Uh, this betting show, <laughs> <laughs> this show, I'm sticking with it. This show is uh, for over 18s only. Uh, this is about betting, about gambling. It comes with risks and we would like everyone listening to understand the risks around gambling before they uh, do so themselves. Uh, head to gambleaware.org for all the information you need. Uh, a message from us is, as always, only bet what you can afford to lose. Uh, George, we've started the year uh, with some vigour, I would say, with plenty of energy, and I want that. I want that to come out today as you talk me through your betting picks ahead of the EFL slate and what a slate it is too. Especially Swindon against Crew in League Two is one that's really tickling my fancy. But punting wise. Where are you going for your best bet today? Where are you going for your nap? Yeah, I'm off to Portman Road um, to uh, a team in Ipswich who are struggling on all fronts. Um, Paul Amber has, of course, signed a new long-term deal uh, on the back of a really troubling run of form. And it's hard to really see the reasoning behind that because this these Ipswich performances, well, I should say these Ipswich results, are not bad luck. Um, they have tailed away massively in terms of the XG data as well. Uh, some Ipswich fans will probably point to the fact that their last, in all competitions of their last kind of four game, five games, four of them have been away from home. But at home, um, they haven't won at Portman Road for five games. And in those five games, they've only scored three goals, drawing a blank three times, uh, losing two of them. They are really struggling. And any notion that that we may have had kind of six or eight weeks ago, that Ipswich were the class team in this division, have certainly been put paid to. And I would be absolutely flabbergasted if they managed to get their way back into the top two by the end of the season. Uh, I do think they'll probably improve, but just at the minute, I can't really see a reason why they should be around about the even money mark, um, or they're a little bit of odds against kind of 11 to 10. I can't see why they should be that against anyone. And they come up against an Accrington team who you know, are basically positively buoyant um, it's been a brilliant, in that exact same, you know, if you take these two teams two months ago, they are bracketing the division, basically. And the Accrington, in that time that Ipswich have, have been really struggling, have really, really kicked on. Um, and lots of, re- you know, performances and results to really like. Um, they were struggling on the road somewhat, but their last away game was against Blackpool on, on Boxing Day. A tough place to go, and I'd argue a tougher game than this one at the moment. And they came away with a win. Uh, they went to Doncaster before that and got a point, a very good point. They've got a point away at Coventry recently as well. Um, the only game they've lost in their last five away from home was a 1-0 defeat at Rotherham, and, and that's nothing to be ashamed about at all. Uh, again, the, the data stacks up alongside this. Uh, if you're looking at kind of the last eight games in, in League One, they rank fourth for XG ratio, um, posting a, a better number than the likes of Wickham, Burton and Peterborough and Coventry, teams we, we'd probably think had played pretty well in that time. Only Rotherham, Gillingham and Oxford beating them. So you know, we, we talk sometimes about there being like a perfect match. And I think this is kind of it. Um, it's a bit of a shame, I guess, that you know, you're, you're getting 11 to 4 uh, about Accrington, which isn't a massive price for a team with about a tenth of the budget travelling to a giant um, in terms of league standards. Obviously, if this had been a few weeks ago, it would have been very, very different indeed. But I, I don't think, still don't think the market's gone enough in favour of Accrington. I, I don't think there's much between these teams. Um, and you've got one... You know, clubs like Ipswich will talk about how certain teams um, will raise their game against them. And I think normally that's a bit of a myth, but 
I have no doubt that John Coleman will have this Accrington team absolutely buzzing for this one. Um, it's you know that they're free of the shackles and concerns of any relegation worries. They're not too far off. Um, you know, if you look at the league table right now, they're in seventeenth, but they're only kind of three points away from from Shrewsbury. If they could put a run together, knowing how this league's panning out, you never know what could happen. And um, and and I think they're going to be coming into this one. Uh, with uh, yeah, with confidence they can cause an upset, and I think they can too. So eleven to four, Accrington in my map. Bold start to the campaign, to the twenty twenty campaign. Uh, absolutely love it. Uh, I'm going with Plymouth as my nap. Plymouth Argyle are playing Carlisle. Uh, the best price. <laughs> best You're a poet. <laughs> best price as we record is two point two. You're getting about eleven to ten with most firms, uh, as discussed on the Monday podcast. Uh, something changed in me over the Christmas period uh, while we were not podding, uh, and it was argyle flavored. Uh, I, I've I've made a, a financial and p- probably ultimately an emotional investment as well in in Ryan Lowe and in this Plymouth side. So basically, over the over the over the Christmas period, I spent a bit of time sort of uh, rejigging my own ratings, trying to get my head. Uh, together trying to get all the leagues in order of, of, of where are those, are those mental ratings or are they on an excel sheet <laughs> they're a mixture they're a mixture <laughs> of uh they're a mixture of uh xg ratings and my own uh the eye <laughs> eye test and and other variables that i mix in uh into a, a purely mental uh, concoction anyway in my head at that stage i had them pretty much ranked first equal in league two with swindon uh, and that was before Owen Doyle was recalled by Swindon. Um, but it was also before Swindon beat Plymouth uh, at Argyle, which did put a decent gap between them. Um, uh, then the next game, Argyle won and Swindon lost. So in terms of a, a title challenge, uh, I understand why it is still around 8-1, eight, eight to one, but I still do think there's a bit of value then. They're nine points back from Swindon. Uh, they've got two games in hand. And Swindon, of course, have lost Doyle. Now, we, we don't know whether he might go back permanently or, or whatnot. But regardless, I'm talking about Plymouth and, and Carlisle here. Um, of course, that ranking of where I think they're at now is, is not reflected by their league table uh, position, uh, which is sixth, as I said, nine points off the top. That is because of that poor start. Uh, they took a while to get going, relegation hangover type of vibe. 12 points from their first 10 games, Plymouth. In the 14 since then, at 29 points. So over two points per game in the last 14, which is a, a, a big number, which is an automatic promotion number, which is a, a, a title-winning number, arguably. But that, that 12 points in the first 10 games holding them back slightly. Um, going forward, both figuratively in terms of in the future, in the near future, but also literally on the pitch going forward, I do want to see them sign a striker. I'm sure they will sign a striker a proper goal-scoring poacher type. We always bring up Nicky Maynard because of what he did for Lowe last season. It won't be Maynard, but someone of that ilk would be great. Sarsovic is their top scorer at the moment with five goals. Um, but in fairness, if you look at the League 2 top goal scorer chart, basically no one apart from Swindon has or had a really good, prolific goal scorer. Uh, and Doyle is back at Bradford. We don't know whether he will continue in that vein. But otherwise, you're looking at Yates top scoring with 11, uh, Bezla Barler and Nicky Maynard with 10. And so I don't think it'll make as big a, different, a bigger difference as it might in a different league if Plymouth didn't find that guy who's going to score, you know, let's say 12 goals in the last 24 games or something like that. But I do think they'll close the gap against this Carlisle team who I've spoken about a lot. 
uh, and very rarely positively on this podcast, The Betting Show, where I often uh, go against them. Uh, I think that they they should, you know, sort of throw their weight about a bit and win this game pretty comfortably. Carlisle, one of the most poorest teams in the league, defensively, and and it, and it may have improved ever so slightly under the new manager, Chris Beach, but they, I just don't trust them to to be consistently well organised enough to to avoid conceding poor goals. They always seem to. Could I see them trying to trying to play for a draw here, frustrate Plymouth, and and maintain an, an organised defence for ninety minutes, restricting chances? Not really. So um, they have threats going forward, Carlisle, especially when there's space to play into McCurdy uh, and Nathan Thomas, the the wide men. They are good going forward, but not consistently. Not consistently enough anyway, and maybe they'll turn it on for a bit. Maybe they won't turn up at all. Neither of them have much appetite for defensive discipline, uh, which against Plymouth's wing-back system you do need. So I'm confident about this one. It's my nap. It's it's Argyle to beat Carlisle. Um, and uh, that's it, really. They, they've, played ten, they've played 10 games against the top 10, Carlisle. They've lost eight and drawn two. Uh, a three win, five draw, four defeat record at home doesn't scare me too much. Doesn't make me think that this is fortress Blundell Park. So Argyle uh, 2.2 or 2.1, uh, which is around at the moment, is my nap this weekend. Next up, George. Next up, off to Barnsley. And, and if you often get against Carlisle at the moment, I'm often getting with Barnsley. Um, I'm swooning at Gerhard Struber's uh, effect at the club. Sorry, and, spooning? Um, you're spooning Gerhard Struber. I'm, I'm swooning. I'm swooning. Right. Um, swooning at his impact uh, at the club. And he comes against the Huddersfield side in what is a mammoth relegation uh, battle clash, even if it is early January. And I think that Brown Barnsley at 23 to 20 are a bit of value. Um, not only have the results improved under Struber, um, they came unstuck against Derby uh, last time out in the league, which is their first loss for a while. Um, but the performances have really improved as well. They are currently third um, in those XG rankings uh, for the last four games in the whole of the championship. And for Huddersfield, on the other hand, uh, who, of course, underwent their own um, you know, period of you know, honeymoon period, I guess, uh, under the Cowley brothers. Um, things have by no means got perilous, but things have certainly uh, dipped in the last few weeks. And especially the form away from home is what's really, really... Uh, causing them issues and means that they're still in, the month, in and amongst that relegation battle. Um, you're looking at their last five away games. They lost 3-1 at Preston. They lost 5-2 at Bristol City, a, a, a result that's really aged badly given Bristol City's struggle since. They beat Charlton 1-0 on, on the road uh, after a 94th minute winner. Um, they drew away at, at Strugglers Wigan. Uh, they lost away at fellow Strugglers Middlesbrough. So you can really see here that, that Huddersfield are struggling to put much of a performance together on the road, mm. and I think the Barnsley, the way they're playing and the way they managed to to uh, to dominate teams, um, really in terms of the, the style of football that they're playing, um, it's quite obvious to see straight away that the players and the staff are buying into what Strubers wants to do there, and it's paying dividends straight away. Um, so yeah, this is a, a fairly solid home win. Um, I, I do think you know a couple of weeks ago there was a bit more value around Barnsley before the market had really cottoned on to the fact that they weren't. Um, no hopers in the relegation battle. Um, but even so, I still think that anything you're getting around 23 to 20, 11 to 10 um, is, represents fair value for a side who should go into this game again confident of, of, of a victory. And given how important it is for them to get it, with Huddersfield currently on 28 points uh, in 20th position and Barnsley 
uh, on 21 points in 23rd position. If they can get a win here and get just four points behind Huddersfield, then uh, that is going to be fairly significant for the rest of the season. Up the tykes. Uh, George, do you remember Froobs? Mm-hmm. Putty Filu in tubes. Yeah, I used the, to um I used to freeze them. Really? Yeah, they were good. But isn't that just isn't that just mini milks what you've done there, George? No, that mini milk's ice cream. Uh, this is this is this is froyo. I was froyoing before froyo was froyo. Ahead of your time. God, what could have been? <laughs> you could have been a pioneer in the food world instead yeah, of Yeah, but just... I don't think anyone would have listened to like a like eleven year old boy coming in with a frozen yogurt and saying, Hi guys, I think you should charge seven pounds fifty for a pot of this with some sprinkles on top. <laughs> Fair enough. Well I can't remember what my original point was. Oh yeah, and I mean this with the greatest respect because as you know I am a linguist and I don't laugh at foreign names, but I cannot help but think of Frubes every time someone talks about Gerhard Struber. You'd call him Strubes, wouldn't you, if you were his mate? And then I'd thinking about Frubes because I was used to, also used to be quite a big fan of them, although purely in their liquid form. Um, my next pick is, uh, is Port Vale. I think that they are going to beat Stevenage this weekend, and I think they're going to do so with under 3.5 goals in the game. Uh, that is 3.3 best price I can find as we record 23 to 10. Um, I'm spooning. John Askey, uh, to use your phrase. Um, there, there was a time where, earlier on in the campaign, where, where me and Port Vale danced together a few times on this show, I think it's fair to say. Um, uh, in a four-game period, I was looking back at this, I mean, seriously, this is just ridiculous. There was a four-game period where Vale beat Bradford and Crewe away from home and drew at home against Stevenage and Oldham. And of course, I was on them in the home games and not in the away games. So I put Port Vale more or less on the back burner there. Um, They are a a, a decent team, Port Vale. I think actually, probably in League Two terms, they are about as solidly mid-table as you get. Uh, They, I don't think, will be challenging for the playoffs, although they're only in 10th at the moment. They're not too far off but I, I see this being more or less their level um, they're away at Stevenage this weekend I, I should flag up that their away record has, has not been brilliant so far this season um, their last two results were draws at Mansfield and Crawley which I think is acceptable but ultimately uh, it's not really about Vale although there are things I like about them uh, at the back certainly Nathan Smith and Leon Legg uh, the centre-back pairing I think they've both played unless unless there's something went wrong last weekend I know they were in cup action well they've both played every minute of every game in league two I think as combinations go as partnerships go they're they're very very strong they've got a bit of everything um, at this level and I think that they can help to reduce a Stevenage team that are so grim going forward as to be quite disgraceful um, and uh, and then it's just up to Nick Pope to to do his business against League Two teams as well as £40 million centre-backs. Um, yeah, so my point is I think this is a league average team against one of the league's worst teams, if not the worst team in the league. Stevenage and Morecambe very much going for that title at the moment. The data does not reflect well on Stevenage. Uh, especially going forward, where they just find it really hard to, to create chances. Uh, they have been unlucky to an extent in the last few games. Uh, they they suffered a red card very early on uh, last weekend, uh, which sort of didn't help them much in the, in the full match situation, but they did actually hold out for a draw against Colchester. Some really impressive goalkeeping by Paul Farman. If it wasn't for him, they'd probably be on you know south end levels of points this season. Uh, he's a he's a good goalkeeper, but also some poor finishing from from Colchester let them off off the hook. And before that, they had two defeats 
in a row to injury time goals, which was a, a sickener really for Stevenage fans in their first few games under the returning Graham Wesley medal winner of course Graham Wesley as his children call him um, they've won just two league games all season they were at home to Grimsby and Morecambe so basically home matches against the league's worst teams so far have been the only chance of Stevenage picking up a win and I don't think Port Vale are that bad so uh, what else they've only scored in 11 of their 25 league games Stevenage 14 times they've fired a blank 11 times they've scored a goal. That is horrendous. Five goals in their last 12 league games is just, oh, it's horrible. Um, so I'm, I'm taking Port Vale to win. I expect it to be a narrow win and I expect it to be fairly low scoring. So I'm adding the under 3.5. Um, Stevenage have only scored more than one goal four times in 25. Uh, and the team I'm backing to win, Port Vale, they don't exactly rack them up away from home. So I'm thinking a 1-0 or a 2-1. Uh, a 2-0, that would all work very nicely for me. Port Vale and under 3.5 goals, my pick here. One more of these, George, before the bonus picks. Yes, and um, sorry, I'm just slightly confused right now. So I've just seen on Twitter that Brentford are in for Embray Moore, which would be one of the what? Um, coolest signings, I think, in the history of the world. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, the next one is Macclesfield at home to Oldham. And you mentioned Morecambe and... Stevenage has been two of the worst teams in League Two. I think that Oldham are currently running them pretty close because the last three performances have been three of the worst performances probably in the whole um, season from Oldham uh, under Dino Mamria. Um, so I mean the worst, not under, for their season, for the whole season in the whole league. Um, they lost 4-1 at home to Salford. They lost 2-0 at home to Scunthorpe. They lost 3-0 away at Cheltenham. And they were appalling in all three. And they come up against a Macclesfield team who just continue to completely defy any logic whatsoever. Um, what this club is going through, um, you know, the preparation for the for the Port Vale game couldn't have been worse. Uh, they they went into this the, the home game against Cambridge, and similarly um, dire circumstances uh, around who is managing the team, um, whether Amar Alcardi has any intention whatsoever of selling the club. That another point seduction hanging over their heads, and they somehow beat a decent team one nil. Um, it is. Unbelievable to see, and you're taking a little bit of a risk here, I guess, with all these with all these um, uh, Macclesfield games, where you've got to hope that that they're going to be able to field their first team. Um, but if they do, I, I cannot see why um, they're currently two to one uh, to win this game because Oldham are absolutely abysmal, and Macclesfield are a better team, um, in, in my opinion. And even though Macclesfield have defied the data somewhat in the past. At the moment, they rank higher than, than Alden um, for, for XG ratio, which is no surprise given Alden's recent recent form. Uh, looking at Macclesfield's home form as well, they are unbe- I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable. Macclesfield are unbeaten in nine at home in the league. Um, so, yeah, which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, this is, I mean, I, I am a little bit scared because it's Macclesfield and, you know, you've currently got four bookies who aren't offering prices on the game. I have no idea if that suggests... Um, that there's any doubt in it going ahead. I've checked all the local press and there seems to be nothing about about that. I think it's probably more of a case of bookies being a bit concerned that they might suddenly announce, you know, after the market's realised, they might announce that, that the players are on strike and mm. therefore they've, they've laid bets at, at incorrect prices. But I'm pretty happy to take a risk. I think, you've made, I think you've made the caveats clear enough uh, yeah, to, to the yeah. listener. 
to good but two to one two to one it is two to one it is uh, my third pick is a uh, mug double to start the 2020 year uh, clearly not enjoying much growth as a serious punter uh, but i am going to back brentford and pompey in a double uh, the best price as we record is about 2.48 as always with marathon but normally just over 2 well, 2.43 looks to be the the general and uh clearly these are two teams that I quite fancy at, at pretty very, well very short prices basically Brentford at home to QPR look uh we have we have been pretty bullish about bees uh, certainly the last few months that the way that they're playing uh, the way that they, I think, most importantly for me, have shed some of the, um, some of the, some of their skin, I suppose, from the previous years. Where, uh, as everyone who follows this league closely knows, last few years, lots of nice play, good attacking football, uh, very good XG data, and a a, a softness uh, potentially in mentality, a softness certainly at the back of vulnerability uh, and inability to hold on to leads and poor away form in general. That's what's been holding them back. That's why we haven't seen them even reach the playoffs in the last few years, but very much in third spot. Uh, now, today, I think uh, it's it's pretty clear that they are the third best team in the league in, in my eyes. And as I say, they've, they've, they've got rid of some of those issues. Um, now, that could end up looking silly uh, in this game because QPR with, with Jordan Hugel up front, they they can and they will pump it long if they need to, if they think Brentford are, are vulnerable. But so far, Janssen and Pinnock uh, have looked very, very good against that sort of threat. So um, I'm comfortable that the, the, the BMW front three will have a decent time against this QPR back line. Uh, we saw them play in the flesh this game, the return, the reverse fixture, Loftus Road. Uh, and Bees were able to play through QPR fairly straightforward. And uh, I expect the same. So I expect a Brentford win. I expect a, a Portsmouth win. I'm I, I'm just... Wimbledon are on 24 points from 24. And, and that's good enough to be just outside the relegation zone at the moment, of course, with Bolton and Southend taking the bottom two spots and Tranmere, who have 21 points from 23 uh, in 21st. And I... I I don't, I don't feel confident that Wimbledon will get any higher than this. I don't think that they are particularly good. I think at times in the last few months, uh, they have been somewhat bailed out by Marcus Force. Now he is still there and he is still an excellent goal scorer. So that's the threat here. Um, but in general, I think Pompey uh, should be strong enough to win this one comfortably. Uh, their home form has been very good all season. It's the away form that's been keeping them, you know, outside of the playoff places. Seven wins, five draws at home this season for Pompey. And I expect them to do the business here against uh, Wimbledon. They beat Tramier at home. They beat Southend at home. They beat Bolton at home. All the teams down there, they've, they've put away comfortably. So, uh, and I'm quite excited, as I spoke about uh, Steve Seddon, who joins them on loan from Birmingham. He's already whipped in a couple of beautiful crosses uh, in their FA Cup match last weekend and then in their uh, EFL trophy game in midweek. So him and Ellis Harrison, I think, could have quite a nice link up. I think Harrison will thrive from him. So uh, that is my, my double, my third pick, 2.4-ish, Brentford and Portsmouth double. Uh, and I'll just do my bonus quickly because I mentioned Ellis Harrison. Uh, I am doing some first goal scorer picks here but I'm leaving the I'm leaving the centre-backs for the moment I've basically just run out of centre-backs to pick and I don't want to be doing the same ones all the time 
Um, uh, I'm, I'm picking, I've got basically a first goal scorer each way treble. And you know that outside of centre-back first goal scorers, this is another favourite of mine on a Saturday. Uh, Ellis Harrison is one of them. As I said, I expect Brentford, uh, I expect Pompey, sorry, to do the business here. Uh, and I think Harrison has made that number nine spot his own. And I think the team is starting to, to play in a way that suits him. Seddon especially. Uh, I'll be pretty buzzing if it's a Seddon cross and a Harrison header that gets them one it up. Uh, Norwood up front for Ipswich against Accrington. You don't fancy uh, Ipswich in this game, but I still think that there's more to come in the next few months from Norwood. If he can stay fit, uh, I think that he will start to, to rise towards the top of those goal-scoring charts. He still gets chances, and I still think that he... I, I personally think that you know he's still going to be a top striker at this level. Uh, even though he's found it quite hard to get going this season. And uh, Godden, who has scored back-to-back league hat-tricks. I mean, this one's pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, Coventry have got a home game against MK Dons, the improved MK Dons. Uh, But the whole Coventry team, in an attacking sense, is pretty much geared around their striker scoring goals, creating chances for their striker. They're basically playing a 3-6-1 formation in homage to... Uh, ben Mayhew, Experimental 361, one of our favourite websites. Uh, and I think it's all geared towards Godden to score. So they're all 4-1 uh, to one or 9-2 to two first goal scorer. Uh, you can get each way treble with Bet365 about 150-1. to one. So that's my bonus bet. That's where a couple of pennies will be going for me this weekend. Uh, what's your bonus? My bonus is a game you've already spoken about. <laughs> it's uh, no goal scorer in Port Vale against... Uh, sorry, Stevenage against Port Vale, I should say. Um, basically because the evidence since uh, Graham Westy has come into Stevenage is that uh, games are going to be pretty low scoring. He's going to focus very much on keeping clean sheets and hope they can nick something. Um, they drew nil-nil on Boxing Day at home to Forest Green. Uh, they were about 30 seconds away from drawing nil-nil away at uh, Northampton and they drew nil-nil at home to Colchester. And you've got to think that Forest Green, Northampton and Colchester um, would probably all provide more of an attacking threat than, um, than, than Port Vale are likely to this weekend. So, and Port Vale not very good on their travels. I think it's going to be another one. Uh, you know, under under goals is probably the way to go. Um, but for a long shot, for a bonus bet, um, yeah, nil-nil, Stevenage, Port Vale. Interesting. Okay, well, plenty of positions on that Stevenage-Port Vale game then. George, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, thank you. I, I would like to talk to you again on Monday, if you'll have me. On the Not The Top yeah. 20 pod? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Because we've got, well, there will be plenty to discuss across a, a whole slate of EFL action, uh, some transfer business as well. Um, we're looking forward to talking to you guys then. We hope that you will join us for that. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, please gamble responsibly and be gamble aware. And we will talk again on Monday. <laughs>